Hello, I'm Derek Walker, the pastor of the Oxford Bible Church. A very warm welcome to all our Church Without Walls viewers today. And uh, I want to share again a, a very basic message about the Christian life. But often I think we, we forget what it's all about, what the essence of being a disciple of Jesus is, what the essence of being a Christian is. Um, and sometimes we can get into just a routine of doing Christian things and we're not connected to the essence of what it's all about which is our love relationship with God and I want to share with you what what I would uh, describe I want to talk on two levels really first of all to describe the the Christian life and particularly the Christian disciplines because a disciple is a disciplined one but the, these disciplines are to help us stay close to Jesus. That's what it's all about. We don't do them for their own sake, but we do them so that we can every day cultivate that close relationship with Christ. And so I want to introduce the Christian life in that way, but also to help you disciple others because disciples reproduce themselves. So. I want to ask the question, what would you say to a brand new believer? How would you tell them the Christian, how would you describe the Christian life to them so that they would be inspired to take the next steps with the Lord? And I, and I want to just uh, read from, from my good news book that, that explains, it shares the gospel first, but then this is what I would say after they've received Christ. Uh, I would read 1 John, sorry, this is John 1.12. For as many as received him, Christ, to them he gave the right to become children of God, even those who believe in his name, who are born of God. The Bible says you're now a child of God. God is your father and he loves you. The Bible says you're a brand new person on the inside. It says, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. You are now alive to God and your past is forgiven. Your, your spirit, your inner man is now reborn. And now you have God's life and love nature in you. Romans 5.5, 5, the Bible says, the love of God has been poured into your hearts through the Holy Spirit who's given to you. So you now have a new capacity to love God and to love people. Isn't it wonderful what God has done for you? You are the love child of a love God. And now we should seek to express that love. And so what the Christian life is all about is loving God in response to his amazing love for us. Jesus said in Matthew twenty-two thirty-seven, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. You know, what does it mean to love someone? You'll want to spend time with them, enjoy their company, talk with them, get to know them, develop a close relationship with them. And so in the same way, if we love God, we will spend time with him, listening to him, speaking to him, and and the Bible you see is God's Word to us when we read the Bible God speaks to us and so spend some time every day reading the Bible and ask God to speak to you through his word get to that's how you'll get to know him you'll find out what he likes and what he doesn't like you'll he'll give you promises he'll give you commands and this but it's all about your personal relationship with him Start with the Gospel of John, if you need somewhere to start. 
And, you know, you'll find all kinds of assurances and promises that he gives you. And when you understand what God is telling you to do, then, then put it into practice in your life. And so, as you become aware of anything wrong in your life as you read the Bible, then you simply ask God to forgive you and ask God to change you and you confess your sins to God. And, and, and that's what prayer is about. Prayer isn't a religious thing. Prayer is about your love relationship with God. So take some time every day to, to, to have that fellowship with God, to talk to God about your problems, to thank him for all the good things in your life, to, to, give, to cast all the cares on him. He's your best friend. He wants to help you. So his ears are open to you. You have his attention. Tell him your needs and, and pray for others and, 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 and praise him and give him thanks. And it's all about your relationship with God. So every day, make sure you have some quality time with God. Again, it's not to score points, but it is. That's what you do when you love someone. You want to spend time with them. Talk to your heavenly father. He's your best friend. Open your heart to him. And, and so through the Bible and prayer, You'll draw closer to God and you'll enjoy being in his presence and your faith will grow day by day. And it's important to have fellowship with other Christians too. Um, whether you've got near, you know, Christians in your area, you, it is important we, we learn and we do the Christian life together. And, and so what, we, what I'm trying to bring out here is that when we introduce new believers, to the things that Christians should do. We want to encourage them to have a discipline. And you should have a discipline. Time that you spend with God every day. That needs to be a priority. Uh, quality time. But it's not just so you can say, well, I'm a, I'm a good Christian because I read the Bible so many minutes a day and I, I pray so many minutes a day. The, the essence of of why we do these disciplines is because we love God and we want to get closer to him all the time. And if we don't have discipline, you will never achieve anything in life and you will never grow spiritually, you see, because you have to have that discipline to be consistent. Otherwise, you just do whatever you feel like doing. And so if you don't feel like praying, or you don't feel like reading the Word of God, you'll find reasons not to do it, and you'll start drifting away from God. So remember, discipline is not a bad word, okay? Because it's actually the expression of your love for God that you are committed to do those things that will cause you to stay close, close to Him. Praise God. And so when you love someone, you want to spend time with them to share your heart with them and to learn from them. And you want to do things that will bless, bless them. And so we want to learn what God likes and we want to obey him. Why? To bless him, to glorify him, uh, to praise him. And all these things are to do with relationship. The whole Christian life is your love relationship with God. And, and that's how you, we need to understand these disciplines. And so... People fall into, into two traps, you see. On one side, the, the, the road of the Christian life is that we are motivated by love. We want to follow Jesus and we want to be as close as possible to him. 
okay? But the one ditch on one side is somebody who is undisciplined and, and possibly because they believe in what's called hyper grace. You know, they would kind of say something like, well, I'm under grace. God loves me anyway. I don't need to do all that stuff. I'm free to do. I'll pray if I feel like praying. I'll, you know, read the Bible if I feel like it. Um, I'll go with other Christians if I feel like it. And they don't have any discipline. They, they are not... This is not the attitude of a true disciple or follower of Jesus. And these people may have great visions and dreams for their life, but it will never come to pass. Because you can only stay close to Jesus if you're committed, a disciplined disciple. Because your flesh will always pull you away and give you excuses why you shouldn't. And so being disciplined means praying sometimes when you don't feel like praying. Reading the Bible when you don't feel like reading it. And so that's one error. On the other side of the ditch is when we substitute the disciplines for our relationship with God. So now in our mind, the whole Christian life is doing these duties. And we reduce the Christian life uh, to all the things we do for God. But we forget why we do them. You know, it, it would be, um, uh, this would be legalism, you see where we get our meaning from life from the fact that we do we perform well in all these areas we do the outward form of the christian life but these motivations are not mot then then the disciplines are not motivated by our love for christ and it all becomes a burden and in revelation 2 Jesus told the Ephesus church, he warned them, they, they were doing awesome things. In, in verse 3, Revelation 2, 3, he says, look, you, you guys are doing great. You've persevered. You've got patience. You've labored for my name's sake. You've not become weary. Nevertheless, he says, though you've done all these things diligently, disciplined, but I've got this against you, he says, you've left your first love. That's what Jesus wants from you, your love, your heart. And if you do all these outward things well, but your heart is, is not in it, you're, you're, you're not doing it out of love, then it loses its value as far as Christ is concerned. So he says, remember where you've fallen. Remember when you really loved me, that you pursued me. And, and the reason you prayed and the reason that you read your Bible and so forth is because you loved me. He says, I want that that you back he wants your heart more than anything he he's not looking for perfect performance but when we do love him with all our heart we will be disciplined because that will be the commitment of our will to stay close to him so the correct road is that god loves us we're under grace and we want to love him with all our heart we want to be as close as possible to him and we embrace certain disciplines in our life because th that those will help keep us close to God we don't do them for their own sake and you know sometimes when you do the right thing when you praise God when you come to God and you don't feel like it you know that's when God's probably most pleased because you're putting him first you're doing it because of his love for you and so I I I'm very aware that I need to come to God every day. In fact, the very first thing in the day, 
I need to come to him. And, and one reason is, Jeremiah 10.23 says, O Lord, I know the way of man is not in himself. It is not in man who walks to direct his own steps. I know if I take charge of my own life, if I, I try and work it all out myself, I'm going to fail. Because it is not in me to know the way I'm meant to be. God is the one who created us. God knows how, what I'm meant to be and what I'm meant to do. And I need to give him control. And that's what we do in the disciplines. We come into his presence. We praise him. We, we, we turn to him and we invite him to, it's not in me to work out my own way. But if I come to God, he'll give me the grace and he'll take charge of my life. And I love Proverbs 21.1. It says, the king's heart is in the hand of the Lord. If you want to be a king in life, if you want to reign in life, if you want to succeed, as it were, to be a king, you've got to get your heart in the hand of the Lord. The king's heart is in the hand of the Lord. Get, you give him your heart each day. Come to God on purpose each day. Give him your heart. Put your heart into his hand. Praise God. And then your heart will come alive. Then you'll know what to do. You'll have the wisdom. You'll have the inspiration. You'll have the peace. Because when you put your heart in his hand, what is his hand? His hand is the Holy Spirit. We see that in the next line. It's, it says like rivers of water. But the word like is not there in the original. Literally it says the king's heart is in the hand of the Lord, the rivers of water. In other words, the hand of the Lord is rivers of living water. It's the Holy Spirit in you. When you put your heart in his hand, when you give him your hand, your love, your devotion, then the rivers of living water come into your heart and fill your heart and you become filled with peace and blessing and then it says he turns it wherever he wishes and so when the rivers of water what happens is the Holy Spirit comes on your heart and activates your heart it turns your heart into a heart of flesh and the more you put your heart into his hand the more your heart comes alive it changes from a heart of stone to a heart of flesh and it says then he turns it wherever he wishes once you put his, your heart into his hands his rivers of water start filling your heart making your heart come alive and then he directs your heart and he'll cause you to want to do his will and he'll empower you to do his will he turns your heart wherever it wishes and by turning his heart he turns your life in the way it should go it's not in you to know the best way for your life but the more you put your heart in his hand you give him the power to start directing your emotions strengthening your will and directing you to do what he wants you to do and suddenly you'll find your your life working out just the way it ought to give your heart to jesus